The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. <laughs> What's up, Pels fans? We are back. Now, remember, guys, we are up on iTunes and Stitcher, so make sure you subscribe and rate us there. But today, we have some more first-time birdies. We have Johnny and Junda, and like the Cousins brothers, they are a package deal. How are you guys? We're doing well, Preston. We're doing real well. Yeah. Brothers back at it. Doing wonderful. Yeah, we are. You can't separate these guys. All right, you guys, the trade winds are blowing. The rumor mill is churning, so let's get right to it. Zach Lowe first reported the Pelicans meeting to discuss a a one-year deal in Louisville today with Rajon Rondo, the former Bull King Maverick Celtic. Woach noted that it was there was serious traction. The team believes they could I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell and Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. And pair him with Drew Holiday and Will Gullery of the Times-Picayune said that Rondo and Gentry Demps had an excellent meeting. Woj reported the deal could be done by as soon as tonight. Zach, let's start with you. The Pels sent Alvin Gentry and Dell Demps to his hometown in Kentucky in the midst of the summer league playoffs. Are you surprised they're showing this much interest in a guy who was waived just a month ago? Rondo! Um, I mean, <laughs> look, no, I mean, yeah, Rondo can't shoot. We all know that. I know that. Johnny knows that. You know that, Preston. Everybody knows that. But um, they kind of need we, – we need another ball handler. And for all his many, many faults, Rondo – is a really good ball handler, is a really good defender. And I can see a holiday Rondo backcourt being just a thing defensively and Rondo setting up our two bigs. I can see that working. All right, Johnny. The Pels, like Zach just said, they're desperate to find a ball handler to pair with our $125 million point guard <laughs> who uh, had a disastrous <laughs> six turnovers a game after we acquired Boogie last year. But Boogie called Rondo a brother, and Rondo went to Kentucky. The Pels have already engineered an offense around Boogie. The brought Kentucky in- breeding ground. Yeah, brought in his buddy Nick Young for a visit, his brother Jaleel to Summer League. They hired Chris Finch. Are you worried the Pels are trying a little bit too hard to appease DeMarcus Cousins right now? Ooh, that's a good question. 
I think that the Pelicans as an organization, they really want to prove to everybody that they're a family first organization. And that can mean a lot of different things. But I do think that they they want to appease their big man. I mean, this could be, you know, the best two man, uh, big man tandem that the league ever sees. You know, if they can retain cousins and have them for, you know, three plus years with Anthony Davis, you know, with Rondo, it kind of confuses me. I mean, I, you know, I, I get it. You know, Gentry is really stressed towards the end of the season that he wants to see Drew Holiday playing more off ball. And, you know, I guess the, the numbers say that he really struggled facilitating, you know, DeMarcus after he came in and you watch and he did seem a little uncomfortable, especially in the beginning. Uh, they seem to really start figuring it out the last uh, month or so of play. But it concerns me because they're going to need to, if they're going to sign Rondo, they're going to need to get another shooter for something really, really small from a salary perspective. And I'm not really sure there are many options on the market right now. And we might talk about that a little later, but it concerns me that, you know, they're pairing uh, DeMarcus, you know, maybe with Rondo and then you have Solomon Hill and, and you're, you're kind of can see a, a huge trend of non-shooters on the floor. I think Rondo's going to help a lot of ways with communication on the floor if they do sign him, but, you know, you can kind of see the red flag before they even sign him. Yeah, fans are irrational by nature, and we, we've been rightfully so giving uh, Rubio a great deal of grief because of his, his number chasing mm-hmm. in Sacramento, his uh, Rick Carlisle duels uh, in Dallas, his Instagram wars with Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade last year. However, he almost single-handedly <laughs> took down the number one seed in the East. It was the Celtics at like 55 wins for what it's worth before he broke his right thumb. They were in danger of being swept by the Bulls. He averaged a triple-double in 33 minutes. He had an insane 5-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. Zach, about a week or so ago, Pelicans fans were really upset that we lost out on Ricky Rubio to the Jazz. And in a lot of ways... This is the same player, only the two of them have different histories. Do you think that Ricky, uh, or sorry, that Rajon Rondo is getting a bad rap right now with Pels fans? No, I mean, everything that Rondo, everything that's negatively said about Rondo is earned. He's a head case. We all know that. I mean, I I thought when he got to Dallas, the Dallas would be primed to make a run in the West. And it turns out he and Carlisle hate each other. So everything he does, he he brings on to himself. Um, he can still play. There's no doubt. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Like, so he almost took down uh, the one seed last season in the playoffs, and he, you know, he tripped somebody in the playoffs. So he's got that fire, I guess, wherever that's about. Um, I, I I I can I can be talked into it. I can be talked out of it. Maybe. It's not ideal to have a head case like Rondo in the locker room in such a critical make-or-break season for the franchise. But maybe you need that ball handler because you spent $125 million on a guy who might not be a ball handler, and that's just super. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty funny. Uh, I Johnny, think that's a good point, Zach. 
Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the the biggest complaint about Rondo has to be keeping him engaged and and relatively yeah. happy over the course of an entire season. Ali Cassell wrote that. I just read it word for word. It's up on thebirdrights.com right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a great bond with with Darren Ehrman, supposedly from Boston. Uh, so maybe maybe he can get the best out of Rondo on on an eighty two game basis. What what do you think his relationship with Boogie and Darren translates to in New Orleans? Do you think they can keep this guy involved and engaged throughout the entire course of a season? Well, the Marcus loves Rondo. That's not nothing new. You know, Rondo I think led the league in assists when he was with Boogie. They clearly loved playing together offensively. But we saw with DeMarcus he occasionally would take defensive plays off. Uh, you know, you watch that when he was a Pelican, and, and that was a huge eye-rolling moment for a lot of the press. When we were, you know, when we were on press row, and and we really hypercritically analyzing Demarcus because that's what we did after the trade, right? Well, if you're bringing in Rondo, my concern is that Rondo loves to take plays off. If you're having two people in a defensive, you know alignment taking a play or two off every once in a while you know it doesn't matter how good of a distributor distributor rondo is i mean let's be real you know you just can't function correctly there i really like her and i think he's done a really good job with the defense and i think that he put demarcus in really good situations toward the end of the year and i think that's why you saw such an improvement um do I think that Rondo is going to become 2008, 2009 Rondo? I mean, come on, probably not. But, you know, I, I can see the level of engagement with people that are familiar with him. And I think it is a good sign that uh, Alvin Gentry and, and Demps are, are courting him and they're going to his home and they're saying, look, you know, you know, we want to you know, show you what, what, what this family is about. And, and I think that's probably going to be well received by Rondo. You know, my, my concern is, is just, you know, when, when, when your best players or your vocal leaders are, are the ones taking plays off, you know, will that ultimately rub off on the rest of the team? All right. This is for you, Zach. Um, he, he made a good point in there about uh, Rashawn Rondo taking plays off. Chris Finch supposedly was brought in to New Orleans to kind of do what he did with Nikola Jokic in, in Denver, run this, this point boogie system where boogie gets the ball at the elbow and all the shooters kind of run around and, and find places uh, for open looks. Now with Rondo in town, you can't really do that. So would you anticipate a lot of one, five pick and rolls or, or do you think these guys just kind of do what Westbrook and Durant do the, your turn, my turn sort of thing. Uh, just looking at some of the numbers, Drew Holiday typically is a 40% three-point shooter. Last year with Boogie, it dipped down to about 32%. Solomon Hill, for for five months of the year, shot around 35%. Not too shabby. DeMarcus was about 40. Anthony Davis dipped to 29, but that's below his career average. Do you Who do you see as being the engineer behind this offense? Do you think we're turning it over to Rondo now at this point? I think... I'd rather still be Cousins because what do you bring in Chris Finch for if he's if he's supposed to be this center whisperer type of guy? That's what he did in uh, Denver with uh, uh, the Joker. That's what he's supposed to be doing with Cousins. Why why bring him in or why have him if you're just going to have Rondo? And that's I feel that's going to really screw some things up offensively with the sets because, like you said, Rondo can't shoot so. You'll be playing a lot of four-on-five offensively. You can just ignore Rondo, or I, I can see Davis is just leaving him out there all by himself. Just say, "You want to take it? Here, please." 
please shoot this. You can have it all day. Someone saw me, you want to shoot it? Please shoot this. Please take it. So that's where my hesitation with Rondo is. I feel like as good of a distributor as he could be, you know, at what cost? Because I feel like that might throw a wrench in the office. They weren't that we, the whole franchise probably wasn't expecting coming into this summer where we thought, okay, so we have Finch. He's going to be the guy to talk to Cousins. Cousins is going to, he's going to be our point guard because we don't have a point guard, but we have Drew Holiday for $26 million. Um, I think it's, it, it, there might be a bit of identity crisis. And luckily, at least they'll have a training camp to get it all figured out. It won't be like when they added Cousins midseason last year and you had to learn on the fly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's going to be playing this way. Uh, all right, let's 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 see how this goes. I, I don't know. I feel like they had a bit of a good thing going towards the end, and the Rondo thing might make that a little tricky. Johnny, um, what what they're doing in Houston right now, pairing Chris Paul and James Harden, one of, one of the most important things about it from Mike D'Antoni's perspective was this idea that you would have a, a primary ball handler on the floor all 48 minutes. So if James Harden is playing 34 minutes, let's say, the other 14 minutes he would have Chris Paul at there at all times uh, engineering the offense. Do you see some kind of world where Rajon Rondo starts the game uh, plays maybe like four to eight minutes. He was only averaging 26 minutes a game with Chicago last year. And then he sort of just pilots the second unit with, uh, I don't know, consisting of maybe Etwan Moore, Jordan Crawford, Dante Cunningham, and, and Anthony Davis, a sort of uh, up the court, like high-flying offense, you know, speed, a lot of running around, with Rajon Rondo just being totally in command. Could Could you see something like that being successful? Absolutely. I mean, I think that one of the the biggest, uh, players the Pelicans are going to miss from that perspective is Tim Frazier. And, you know, you know Tim Frazier is a similar player to Rondo where he doesn't really shoot. He doesn't really take long shots. Um, I don't have, you know, the percentage of shots that Rondo takes, you know, uh, you know, as opposed to Tim. But Tim was somebody who was an initiator and he would, you know, put people in the right spot. And I could definitely see that, uh, you know, role being, you know, put on to Rondo. But let's not forget about our good friend, Michael uh, Jordan Crawford. Uh, our boy loved to have the ball in his hands. And, you know, he did a uh, pretty admirable job with that second unit. And, you know, you know, it was for a month and a half or whatever with him. Will he be able to kind of keep that production for 82 games? That's unclear. Having Rondo be in that role, I could, you know, that'd be a plus. Is Rondo, you know, maybe Rondo comes off the bench and they have Etuan Moore start. Uh, I don't know if Rondo is going to feel comfortable with that. Who knows? But, you know, Rondo's skill set is unlike anybody's on the roster now. So you could convince me that him in a specific 20-minute, you know, a game role would definitely be a net plus, especially when you're staggering Boogie and Anthony Davis. Absolutely. Zach, uh one of the, the primary reasons I think the Pelicans need a distributor like Rajon Rondo is they had so much difficulty getting the ball to DeMarcus Cousins in the post last year. They, they by all accounts, couldn't do it. So Boogie would have to start with the ball at the three-point line, do that thing where he tries to dribble between his legs and just bounce the ball off, his, off of his foot and cause a turnover. So by having Rajon Rondo out there to get him the ball where he likes, it, it kind of makes it as if the two of them could be paired together, where do you see Rondo fitting in the most as far as uh, 
with Boogie on the floor or Boogie off the floor and, and just putting shooters around Boogie, which is originally what we were planning on doing this offseason is tra- targeting someone like an Ian Clark or, um, or a, a J.J. Redick we, we rumored about. We really never could, could afford him. But just, just the shooting, just to go deeper on that, how do we get all this to work or do we just primarily focus on the defensive side of things and becoming a, a top 10 team consistently? Yeah, no, actually, I feel like if they go the Rondo route and you have Rondo and Holiday and Solomon Hill and Cousins and Davis on the floor, that's a potentially really good defensive team. And it's a football adage, but defensively into offense, I mean, they why not be like a souped-up version of uh, the grit and grind Grizz? I mean, why not? Why, I, mm-hmm. I can see that being the uh, the team's future. And, it comes complete. I mean, Rondo could be the uh, the Tony Allen guard, the guard who defends everybody but can't shoot worth a damn. So, yeah. T- Why totally. not just sign Tony Allen, Zach? <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at that! There's Tony. He's out there. He is out there. If we want a Tony Allen, why can't we just sign Tony Allen? Yeah, That's it's a pretty, question. It's a pretty dangerous uh, lineup having Drew Holiday out there, uh, Rajon Rondo, Solomon Hill, Anthony Davis coming off his All NBA uh, defensive. Uh, Honor. So we, it could be a pretty nasty lineup defensively. So we'll see what happens. But we, we've gone enough in on this. Let's let's talk about some trade whispers. We've had a lot in the past two days, including a, a four-team trade that's been evolving, including the Rockets, the Knicks, the Suns, and the Pels, and of course the the Reggie Jackson uh, for Etwan Moore Agensa swap that came out two days ago. Uh, let's go back to Johnny. The hangup is currently over uh, Ryan Anderson's albatross of a contract and opposing teams wanting nothing to do with it. In addition, the Knicks are said to want Eric Bledsoe back in the trade and not Brandon Knight, who the Suns are pushing. All signs are pointing to Melo leaving to go to Houston. What's it going to take to get this trade done? Let's start with Johnny. What's it going to take? Ay, ay, ay. Uh, I don't know. Ryan Anderson, he's just, he's got to meet somebody in the Knicks organization and just show him that beautiful smile. I don't know what else is going to you know, convince them otherwise. Once once Ryan shows them how charming he is, maybe they'll agree to it. But I mean, he really is you don't want to take on. <laughs> he really is, and he's very charming. You know, you got to give it to him. Um, if if they don't love Ryan Anderson's contract, I don't really understand a way for it to get done. But I do have an alternative trade scenario uh, marked up. If you want me to uh, lay that out for you. Let's hear it. Okay. So the Knicks would get Eric Gordon and Trevor Ariza. The Rockets would get Carmelo Anthony. The Pelicans would get Brandon Knight, Jared Dudley, and the Suns would take on Ryan Anderson's contract, Omer Ashik's contract, and a little Etwan Moore. I don't know how you convince the Suns to do that trade, I don't know how you get a couple sweeteners in there, but the numbers work, so that's my job's done here. Zach, I, I think getting Brandon Knight is, is something that's going to need to to facilitate this this trade forward, although I'm a little hesitant to put Trevor Ariza anywhere other than Houston because that was one of the great reasons that Chris Paul chose Houston in the first place. Uh, Ryan Anderson and Omer Sheik on the same team. I don't see that happening either. What's your take on this? Uh, Before you just break down the trade in general, what do you hope the Pelicans are going to get out of this other than dumping a Sheik? 
Maybe. May, I mean, I would love for them to get rid of Ashi. I mean, I think everybody would, but the thing about every, everyone knows how bad of a deal that is. So there's just, I feel like there's just no chance they're going to be able to shred Ashik's deal this year. I feel like they're going to be stuck with them forever. If they can get, <laughs> if they can get, um, um, night like Johnny had talked about that that made me go ooh very softly um I I I love Anderson as a person I don't want Anderson back on my basketball team please um I don't know how you could have maybe offensively it'd be pretty cool to see Anderson Davis and Cousins but man that'd be a mess defensively like all the good work that they did this year getting up to this uh, top 10 defensive rating they they uh, strive for. That's that's gone if you have Anderson back. Um, I'm also wondering when, when Johnny uh, – does Phoenix still have Alex Lynn on the roster? Because I don't know how you can have Alex Lynn and uh, Omar Ashik on the um, roster. So. I, I want to say they renounced his restricted rights. I don't think they. So I believe he's yet. unrestricted free agent. I believe. There's a qualifying um, offer out to him right now. Okay, so you're saying that. That they, they, you're saying they have a need for a seven foot tall Euro that you can't play because we have a guy. So maybe we can make this happen. <laughs> right. I mean, they're down one. That's you know, that's that's the incentive here. Um, you know, they would be locked into Tyson Chandler and Omer Ashik. You know, at twenty four million you know, for two and then three years. But, you know, Etwan Moore, he's a nice guy. I, I don't want Etwan – I don't want to lose Etwan Moore. I, I just – if I can hold yeah, on to Etwan Moore, that's, that's my – Moore and, and Crawford are like – that's me hanging up. If I have to give up either of those two, that's that's me hanging up. Yeah, the difficulty – Yeah. The Go difficulty ahead. here is uh, unloading Brandon Knight and Jared Dudley because it's going to be hard to to put both of those contracts someplace. And uh, the either the Suns or the Knicks are going to have to take Ryan Anderson because Ali wrote a, a great article today about why the Pelicans just that's that's a marriage that's just not going to happen again. It had its run and now it's done. So one of those two guys are going to have to take him and. We can't take both Jared Dudley and Brandon Knight. The Knicks aren't going to do it. They need to develop uh, Hernan Gomez and Chris Stops. They don't have any minutes to give those guys. Uh, it's it's going to be difficult. Can can you guys see this falling apart, Zach? Oh, yeah, I can see anything falling apart I'm because I'm a cynical person. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I don't I, – I, you know, I have um... – I have a uh, a group chat with two of my uh, my good friends who are uh, aimless Knicks fans. We call it Sad Knicks Talk, and that's, that's all nightly. Yeah, I know. We did, I just coined it that for them, and the hysteria of just you know we'll get anything for Mellow now is kind of the thought process, which is depressing. Um, but the numbers. I, you know, a team has got to give here and they got to say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take on Ryan's contract. And let's be, let's be clear. Ryan is not a bad player. I don't know. I hope, hopefully no one's gotten that, uh, that take from us, but three years, $20 million for any player that, you know, is a defensive liability half the game, you know, it's just, it's a lot to swallow and, and how he would mess with Porzingis, who knows? Uh, when you're already 
swallowing Joakim Noah's $18 million a year contract for three more years. Yikes. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money to, to swallow for some pretty one-dimensional players. I, I don't even understand how the deal is at the, quote, two-yard line. I don't understand how it's even coming into fruition, personally. It would have to involve picks is the only uh, perspective I can see from it. But, Zach, the, mm-hmm. the Rajon Rondo rumors pretty much kill the Reggie Jackson rumors. And this four-team trade can't take place unless somebody is willing to take either point guard Eric Bledsoe with a lot of picks or Brandon Knight. If the Pelicans sign Rajon Rondo, there's no way that trade takes place. And there's no way that this trade takes place with Reggie Jackson for Etwan Moore and Alexis Agensa. We've only got two more years, really, to to go through the Omer uh, Ashik. I, I can't say his name for the life of me. Uh, we've only, we've only got two years left of him. Is is the best thing to do right now? Just take one year Rondo and just play out this season. Yeah, I mean, I think with that the Rondo thing with all this, you just, that sounds like hope for the best, but just kind of go all in with Rondo. And then you just hope you can talk this cousin thing into working. It's really as well set up as the Pelicans are. The Pelicans are also kind of screwed too. If this blows up, this can blow up tremendously or it can work out wonderfully. You know, it's, it's, it, it won't be resolved until they actually get on the court. And I actually, I want to go back to one thing, Johnny, about um, Anderson, about him being a pretty one-dimensional player. He's not a pretty one-dimensional player. He's a pretty comma one-dimensional player because he's a gorgeous man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, you can sell that extra $10 million for his smile. I think that's a good bargaining chip. I mean, I would, I I would move to New York just to look at Ryan Anderson if that were to happen. So. Oh my gosh, yeah. you guys are the worst. I could see uh, him and Kuzmingus uh, becoming really good pals. Oh my God, stop right there. This is a PG network. Johnny, let's go back to you. On the, the telecast yesterday when the Pels were playing the Hawks in Vegas, Joel Myers uh, noted that the, the, the Pelicans had a, had a shooter in the works. And uh, obviously he was talking about uh, Kentucky point guard Rajon Rondo. But let's just say that he wasn't. If he wasn't, who do you think he was referencing on the market right now? We've got Aaron Aflalo. We've got uh, Ian Clark, um, Luke Bamute, KJ Dan- McDaniel, Shabazz Muhammad, David Nawaba is recently a free agent, although he's obviously not a shooter. Johnny, who do you think he might have been referencing? Is Anthony Morrow is still on the market. Is that right? I'm going to search it right now. Go ahead and talk about somebody else while I, I find I, out. I, yeah. Well, you know, I was a little surprised that you know the, the rondo deal came out because i felt like ian clark though it, it, you would assume his value is is pretty pretty high for from a salary perspective and you would think that would be a pretty solid fit you know a uh, guard off the bench who is a proven three-point shooter um i could see somebody like uh a jason terry coming in i think that the pelicans you know, based on, you know, previous signings like a Jarrett Jack uh, last season, I think that they value older guards that are proven um, because right now they are developing uh, Quinn Cook. And I think that the room to develop a lot of these players is just not there for them. It's, you know, why you saw them get Michael Jordan Crawford and, uh, you know, they got Etuan Moore last offseason. 
So I could see them getting a player like that that really is just a catch-and-shoot player, and, and, and Jason Terry wouldn't be a terrible option for them, especially because he's a communicator and he seems to really influence uh, the Bucks fairly well. I can't tell you I, I watched uh, an enormous amount of Bucks games last season, but he seemed to really gel with the younger core there, and I think that knowing Dell and the front office, that that's the kind of player that they're looking for. Anthony Morrow is a free agent. However, with Chicago last year, he he averaged nine minutes a game for a team that was an eighth seed in the West. Uh, the three years previous to that, he never broke more than 14 minutes a game. So for whatever reason, this guy and his 43% three-point percentage can't make it onto the court. So I have to think there's there's just not something turning on for for coaches out there. Zach, do, do you have someone in mind that you hope the Pelicans are, are coming close to agreeing to terms with? Yeah, I didn't actually realize Cajun McDaniels was a free agent because I've always liked Cajun McDaniels. Actually, it's weird. I have a crush on him having not actually seen him play much. He could walk up to me <laughs> wearing a Cajun McDaniels jersey, and I wouldn't know it was him because I actually don't watch it. But some of that name or just like raw numbers, I seem like, oh, yeah, that guy seems good. He sounds like he's a good ad. Um, <laughs> I also thought Aaron Flalo. He passes my, is he good? Yeah, he's good, Seth. So if they can get a Flalo or McDaniels, is he good? I've always thought he's kind of good. Question: Is he good? I'm watching the guys play. If he's got a cool name and 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 you like right. the way he dresses, let's Passes let's the agenda test. Let's see. Last year, Aaron Aflalo. Uh, this is really captivating podcasting right now. He actually averaged forty-one percent from three-point range on uh, in twenty-six minutes per game on on a, a sparsely populated three attempts per game. So nothing crazy, but he's got a 39% career three-point shooting average. So you never know. Let's let's get all the Sacramento Kings over in New Orleans. What do you say to that, Johnny? <laughs> um, I like it. I, it, just, it. It just pains me that they made the decision to waive, release, whatever the terminology is, Omri Caspi. Because when that deal first came down and, the, you know, based on what we, you know, the Pelicans were sending out and what the Pelicans were getting when they got Omri in that deal, I thought, perfect. He's a guy who can play both the three and the four, and he can shoot, you know, near 40% from three. Uh, what, what other player would you want? And the Pelicans front office, you know, when he, when he injured his, his thumb that first game, you know, they made the decision just to get rid of him to bring somebody else on. I don't really understand, you know, have a player like that and you're telling, you know, when you're, when you're explaining that you need more shooting on the team and you just release that shooter, you know, I would love to see them get in the Flalo type player, but it kind of brings us back to a few months ago when, when you had that shooter that maybe wasn't a two guard, but it was someone that could pace the space, the floor, and then he's gone. So you know, that's a, that's a move that kind of, you know, put the Pelicans in a, you know, a little bit of a bind, especially for how much money a lot of these shooters are getting, you know, JJ Redick is, you know, getting money from the process. So, uh, you know, I would love to see an Aflalo type player, you know, you just hope that they're not committing to multi-year deals with some of these uh, older fringe players. 
Johnny, for all the, the NBA obsession with getting shooters and, and pairing shooters around big guys like Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, last year the Pels really struggled uh, in the, the final stretch of the season with not having a, a creator, somebody who could break down the defense. We all thought that Drew Holiday was going to do that, but it ended up being Jordan Crawford off the bench. Where mm-hmm. would you prioritize uh, creator versus shooter right now? Which one has the higher level of importance as to the Pelicans team needs right now? Wow. Well, that's a great question. I think that at the end of the day, you need to look at three dead roster spots. I think you need to look at Omer Ashik deal and player, a player that was significantly thinner. I mean, this man, I, I mean, I could actually, if I wanted to hug Omer, which he probably wouldn't let me uh, after games, um, I could have put my entire wingspan around him. That's how skinny he was at the end of the year. It was a little alarming. And I'm going to need you to stop hitting on NBA players on my podcast. Hitting or, or just, you know, I'm just open. Just overly I'm just open. throwing yourself unabashedly at these players. They're, we're going to hear from their lawyers pretty soon. 2017. Oh, joking. So, <laughs> 2017, man. Um, anyways, Omer plus Alexi, who is not going to see a lot of minutes, and you're, you're probably going to see Diallo kind of step in and take a lot more of his minutes. And then Quincy Pondexter, who theoretically should be that 3 and D uh, type player. Well, if those three players aren't seeing the floor, then those are three dead contracts. How are you replacing them? Right now you have Etwan Moore as a spot shooter, this, Axel uh, Tupane, did I pronounce that right? I'm it's not Tupan, even sure. Tupan, Tupan. Tupan, Tupan, Axel Tupan. Uh, he's apparently a great shooter. Um, you know, so it would be beneficial for a, a team like the Pelicans to get a creator. And maybe that's why they wanted a Rajon Rondo, because trade talks maybe fell through uh, with the Pistons and, and the Reggie Jackson, who I didn't think was a great fit, but we'll, we won't get into that. Um, but it really comes down to three dead roster spots and how are you going to maximize that space? And, you know, you, you hope that uh, Tupan will uh, be that three and D player. And you hope that uh, Quincy Pondexter, uh, who's been working out and who has been, uh, you know, feeling good, you know, as of now is able to come back and, and provide that three and D wing strength. But, you know, you do wonder why they're looking at a Rajon Rondo because, you know, there aren't that many playmakers like him still in free agency. Tupon's actually had a pretty disastrous uh, summer league. Uh, now we're mm. even conjecturing whether or not he's going to make the team. Uh, of course, um, Quinn Cook and Czech Diallo have been two of the brightest spots in the entire tournament of the 24 teams. They've been sensational. And uh, an unheralded guy named Jalen Jones has been really effective for us uh, as a shooter. And he also drew a lot of contact yesterday. He got to the free throw line 11 times before we get to summer league. Zach, uh, what what do you think for the Pelicans? What do you think is higher on the on the need board? Do you think it's creator or shooter? I'd say creator. Um, as good of ball handlers as Davis and Cousins are, they still need someone to, you know, set up, get them to those spots, and then they can cover. I think they can do a one one man, two man type of thing, but I think it would just go infinitely smoother if they had 
a creator. Um, also, I feel like um, I've been sitting on this for a couple minutes, but I feel like Quincy Pondexter has kind of elevated himself to a mythological status, not in the sense that he's really good and you won't believe how good he was, but mythological in the sense that you're not sure he exists anymore because nobody's seen him the past couple of years. So, I, my, uh, my with my own two eyes, have seen him in the locker room in the last two years. Yeah. So, he could still, I mean, it could have been a facade. He could have been, you know, somebody else pretending to be Quincy. But I believe he exists. Yeah, but I mean, there's also that there, there's that blurry photo of Bigfoot. But I mean, the you heard it here. He does, you but. heard it here first, folks. Quincy Pondexter does exist. Reported here on the Bird Rights Podcast. Johnny, <laughs> let's talk some Czech Diallo. He was talking some trash to Hawks first round pick John Collins yesterday. He uh, John Collins scored 25, but Diallo had the last lap. Uh, he got nine points in the fourth quarter. He ended up beating the Hawks in the first round of the playoffs and we were the 24th seed and we ended up winning our, our summer league contest. Um, he, he was really distressed on Sunday when they lost to the Hawks. He, he couldn't get off the floor. I think it was 10 minutes after the game. Were you aware that Czech Diallo had this kind of like fierce competitive spirit? No, actually it's funny. You mentioned that, you know, I think the, I think the most interesting thing about Diallo is that, the locker room regards him as the funniest person in it. Uh, at least before Jordan Crawford got there, Jordan Crawford and Boogie now are, uh, they like to kick it in the locker room, but, but Diallo, Anthony Davis believed was hilarious. So to hear, you know, to hear and to see that he has this fire in him uh, is a little heartwarming. You know, he's got a little bite to him. I love that he's filled up. I, I think that the way that the Pelicans are developing him you know, I think I could see him as a Clint Capella type player, and and he's got a he's got a little bit of a face up game that you know he was kind of showing off during uh, summer league. So I, I like what they're doing with Diallo, and I love his attitude, and I want to see him in a game. I don't want to see that fire in a game, Preston. I want to see I want to see how that works out because the two bigs ahead of him. You know, Alexi and Omer, they're just not going to see much of the floor this season. So you hope that he can be a spark plug off the bench. Zach, I was going to ask you if you expected the Pelicans to re-sign Donatus Montiunas or maybe even bring back Terrence Jones. But I, I think we can all agree that Czech Diallo's showing out in Summer League has been even greater than we anticipated or possibly could have hoped for. He's been averaging over 20 points a game and really turning a lot of heads with his uh, unique blend of of footwork and his left-handed floater and just his nice touch and overall game. Do you see him uh, playing like a, a substantial amount, like 20 minutes plus this season? Yeah, why not? If he, if he is ready, I guess they're the ones that know what this quote ready means. So why not? There's going to be a role for um, for a need, I should say. Did I lose you or, or are we taking a dramatic pause? I'm still here. Okay, that's all that I need, Johnny. We don't need Zach anyway. Um, Quincy, <laughs> no, we'll wait, we'll wait for him to come on back. But uh, for now, Quincy Pondexter, I'm looking at one of Ali Cassell's articles uh, from three weeks ago, and he's working out pretty hard, and he's got some tweets up right. that say, don't yeah. switch on me, I got big plans, and it says feeling much yeah. better, progressing daily. Johnny, do you think we could have a Quincy Pondexter sighting not only in the locker room, but on the floor? Do I think 
I think maybe by December would be my best guess. I mean, this is someone who has had to take two, you know, red shirt years, you know, basically in a row. And the fact that Pelicans have still retained his contract means that they see him as a part of this long-term, you know, core. So, again, it kind of harps on this family mentality that the Pelicans organization seems to have. They, they, they want to take care of their own, and they want to show people that they're taking care of their own. And by committing to Quincy the last couple of seasons, uh, through the good and the bad, I think it shows a lot about their commitment to Quincy. So I think you're going to see him on the floor. It's impossible to, to say if he's going to be a huge contributor, um, you know, if he's going to be anywhere near the level he was, you know, a couple seasons ago when, when, uh, when they were in the playoffs. People kind of felt like he was that linchpin, that, that missing factor, that if he took a little bump up uh, in production that he would really – help them. It's too hard to say if he's going to get to that level, but he, you know, has been working out for two straight years, has had setback after setback, and you just got to give the man credit that he's, he's still, uh, he's still gearing back and ready to go. You know what, Johnny, I have to stop you with all this uh, family stuff and taking care of Quincy uh, Pondexter, because I'm, I'm pretty certain that the Pelicans aren't even play, paying Quincy Pondexter right now. It's all health insurance is, is covering all of his salary. And um, I, I don't hope that they move on from him. He is an asset at an expiring rate of just $3.9 million. He could be a perfect salary cap filler for one of these uh, incoming trades. But like you said, he was such a linchpin in 2015, and his, his communication on defense and his spot-up shooting was, uh, was so useful in that run where we beat out the Thunder uh, for that eighth-seeded spot. But, but I have to stop you because, uh, you know, we see Jarrett Jack and Lance Stevenson and Omri Caspi mm-hmm. getting hurt, and the Pelicans immediately and they drop them. with him. So I, yeah. I, I can't let you get away with that. Uh, do we have no. Zach back? We don't uh, have Yeah, him. I've been back for a couple minutes now. Oh, I'm so sorry, Zach. We completely just ran off the rails without you. I'm so glad that you're back. What's your take on on uh, Quincy Pondexter? Do you hope that he comes back? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I hope he comes back. I mean, he's a great guy. You always talk about how he wants to do uh, do well with the uh, the city of Fresno outside of his uh, once his playing days, or even currently right now. I mean, I like to joke on Pondexter, but he filled a role that this team needed. I wrote about him a couple of times his first year here. So I've got a soft spot for Pondex. I hope he comes back. I really do. And I hope he contributes too uh, for this team and for the foreseeable future. What a great contract uh, the Pelicans would have their hands on. Uh, it's it's too bad with, with all the knee injuries. I, I hope he comes back at least – 200% of what he was. Let's talk about some NBA rule changes. Uh, halftime is getting a very strict 15-minute from buzzer to buzzer. Uh, any team coming out on the court late will be penalized as a lay of game penalty. All four periods will only have two mandatory timeouts. They'll happen at the seven- and three-minute marks uh, instead of the nine-minute mark previously. Timeouts have been cut down from 18 to 14. There's only seven full 75-second timeouts. No more of those 20-second uh, timeouts. Which which one of these stands out to you? Are you excited for a for a quicker NBA game, Zach? Oh yeah, I mean, the like, say the Pelicans make the first round of the playoffs and to play, you know, Golden State. Those West Coast games, those are killers, especially yeah. with all those timeouts. But I got I got kids to teach, man. I can't stay up till one, two o'clock in the morning for a game. You know what I'm saying? I gotta go to bed. So 
It's going to speed this pace of play up. There's some kind of a grumble, grumble millennial joke in here that I'm sitting on, but I can't think of it right now. But, you know, <laughs> anything to keep me from looking at my phone, I guess. All right. Johnny knows what I'm talking about. He's a millennial. Yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, I'm part of the tribe. All right, you guys, thank you so much for your attention. You can follow Johnny at jharv47, and he contributes to bird rights as well as The Advocate. You can find all of his work at clippings.me slash jharvey. And then we've got Zachary Junda at Zachary Junda. That's easy enough. We call them uh, John and Junda, and he teaches sixth graders. So it's almost time for school to be back in session, so we won't keep you up much later. Thank you guys so much. You got anything you want to plug going forward? Let's start with Zach. Nope. All right, Johnny. Not really. <laughs> Zach, you have nothing going on in your life. <laughs> no, I mean, I saw, I saw Spider-Man you have a good again, movie recommendation. So. <laughs> go see, go see Spider-Man and go see Baby Driver and see if you're as confused as I was, but enjoy it at the same time. Cause that's how I was. I was confused, but I liked it. I don't know what that's about, but I liked it. All right. Good enough. Johnny, what about you? <laughs> I don't got that much going on, but I'm working on a documentary and uh, a lot of that's going to be, I'm going to be releasing a lot of information about that soon publicly. So to all of our loyal fans out there, follow me on Twitter and I will definitely be giving you updates about that pretty soon. Thank you so much again. If you like what you're hearing, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, give us a great rating. As always, go to thebirdrights.com for all the latest news on all things Pelicans. Big high five to Ali Cassell doing a magnificent job over on the site. And I'm your host, Preston Ellis. If you have any questions or any input on the show, just tweet at me at Preston Ellis and I'll get to it as quickly as I can. And Post whatever question you want on the show. We'll answer it right here with uh, whichever Bird Rights uh, team member I'm paired with. So for now, until we get some more news to report on, thank you guys for tuning in, and let's go, pals. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life.